0: John chapter 10. God is good. Amen. We have um, been kicking off this year. Can't believe it's already going to be February. That was quick. Amen. And uh, just like Chuck did, let me make a plug. Um, We are you know, needing all hands that we can get as much help as we can get at the building. We still have not gotten to a place where our construction can begin, but there's still uh, several different jobs that we can be jumping on. Any time, any hands that you have, uh, please uh, stop by. We're pretty much there any evening. Um, We're going to try to stay updated with Facebook. So if you are following us on Facebook and that kind of thing. We'll we'll keep you updated every now and then. We might take a night off and that kind of thing, but um you know, we're with about 30 days out now, uh getting really close to um uh our move-in date and uh so there are some jobs that just have to be done before we can get that far. And um so if you have time and availability to stop by the building and uh, I mean anything. We've had people stop by for an hour. We've had people stop by all night. Um, just whatever you can give, whatever you can do, um, it's greatly appreciated. It's helping us move those projects forward. And, um, and now we're at a point, uh, women, we can utilize women now because we've got a lot of mopping to do, cleaning the floors in our sanctuary. So if you can move a mop brush around or, you know, use a mop bucket, we can use you. Um, uh, I know a lot of it's been kind of, you know, more of the stuff we want to keep the men to, but, uh, we're getting there, right? Chris, Chris was mopping last night. Chris was dropping acid last night on the floors, <laughs> right? Right, Chris? You've been set free, right? We don't have to go back. Amen. But we were getting those floors cleaned up. It's going to look great. I'm excited about everything that's going on, and uh, we're going to keep keep moving with it. So we've been here at the beginning of the year just trying to you know, refocus ourselves. We began talking about perspective. We talked about uh, that it's not necessarily uh, a new life that you need, but a new perspective on life, a new, you don't need a new job. You just need a new perspective. You don't need a new marriage. You need a new perspective. You don't need a new promotion. You need a new perspective. And so a lot of times the things that we want to see change in our lives begins with our mind. It begins in right here in this capacity. And, um, and we talked about the commitment, uh, challenge, the challenge of commitment. Uh, it's interesting How, you know, we can become motivated to do something, but motivation wears off. Motivation begins to die out, and so you have to learn to be disciplined to do the things you were once motivated to do. You have to become disciplined. You have to set yourself. You have to become fixed that I'm going to do this whether I feel like it or not. And so, you know, we go into a new year and there's new things we want to implement, new changes that we want to make. But if we don't implement, if we don't implement the discipline to see it through, you're going to get to about this point in the year and uh, it's going to wear off. Amen. So we want to be committed beyond that. We want to be committed because uh, we don't see real change in our life if we're not committed to it. Amen. And there's going to be things that will attack your commitment. There will be things that will challenge your level of of commitment and so we want to stay committed and last week we talked about how uh we create the culture around us we're not influenced by culture but we create culture and um god put us in this earth god placed us in this world not to just be moved by everything we see and how everything goes but we can actually uh infect this world with the kingdom of god Uh, He told the Pharisees one time, he said, you're going to look around. The kingdom is not here and the kingdom is not there, but the kingdom of God is within you. That means you are a kingdom carrier. Are you hearing me this morning? You are. The kingdom of God is not going anywhere you don't go. It's not going to get there unless it goes through you. It's within you. So it has to come through you. So we're in this world not to be moved and shaken and 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 respond the way the world does. We have to respond according to what's inside of us, not what's around us. And when you learn to respond based upon what's in you, you will then change what's around you. You'll see the kingdom of God come just as Jesus prayed. Let the kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Um, I felt as we were going in, into this week or coming out of this week and, and going into this morning, um, I, I would be remiss if we did not talk about being led by the Spirit of God. Because we can come up with all the practical initiatives and we can come up with all the the natural things that we want to do this year. But if you aren't trained to hear the voice of God and respond to the voice of God and and respond to the Holy Spirit in your life, then you're going to greatly miss out on what God has for you, and many of us are simply trying to fulfill our plan instead of God's plan. I said many of us are trying to fulfill our plan instead of god's plan and and and, and not intentionally. Not because we're going in saying, I don't want what God has for me. But, but if we're not sensitive to his voice and we are not, not following uh, the, the voice that is leading us, then you will follow the wrong voice. You'll follow the wrong desires. You'll follow the wrong intentions. And here in John chapter 10 and verse 1, Jesus is speaking and he says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who does enter by the door is the shepherd of the sheep to him. The doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice. The sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him. Watch this. For they know his voice. They follow him not because they hear his voice they follow him because they know his voice you notice the difference there see my my son um i remember you know I've, i think i've told this story before we were at uh, disney world we was probably what three years old um we were down there and took him to disney world and um you know of course as you do with uh, your children you tell okay you stay by me. Don't go wandering off. Don't go don't start taking off and just doing your own thing. Pay attention. There's a lot of people here. It's spring break. Uh you know, it's you know it's it's crazy. It's Disney World. And so, you know, he's by me and um all of a sudden I see him kinda wandering off. Just kinda taking off towards something. And I just stand and watch. I just stand and watch him. And he's not getting far. He's not you know, don't go go calling Defects on me or whatever it is, child services. Um, he's not getting far. He's maybe from here to Mr. Nick back there, and and, and I'm just kind of watching him, and he's just looking around, just walking opposite direction. And then I see him start to get into panic mode, because he realizes that, that they're not they're not here. he ever been in that place spiritually, where well, you recognize I've I've wandered off, I've I I don't know these surroundings. I don't recognize this. I don't don't feel the security of the one that I'm supposed to. See, it doesn't matter where you are as long as you know who's with you. He said, I'll be with you in the valley of the shadow of death. You don't have to fear no evil for I am what? With you. It doesn't matter where you go as long as he's with you. But we start getting in panic mode, not because of our surroundings, but because we've gotten away from him. We've gotten off too far. So he's getting into panic mode. And all I had to do, I mean, again, he wasn't super far off. All I had to do was just shout his name. And he knew who was calling him. And that's not because someone just knows his name. Because he knows he's not just going to follow anybody that's shouting his name. He's going to follow the voice that he knows, not just the voice that he hears. And many times we only hear the voices we know. See, what, what I believe... One of the attacks of the enemy is, you know, I don't, you know, try to get too deep into this stuff. But I believe in these last days, one of the greatest ways that the enemy is working in the lives of believers is distractions. Just things that get your your mind and your attention off of God. Things that try to funnel in things that try. and, And so we have to be intentional in our lives about avoiding distractions and staying away from distractions because, and, 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 and again, I'm not going deep into this and saying you have to cut all this stuff out, but you have to know how to keep his voice priority. You know how to, you have to know how to keep his direction and his guidance number one. And, and too many times we go to God after we've tried everything else out. He becomes a last resort instead of a first priority. Well, I tried the banker, and that didn't work. I tried the doctor, and that didn't work. I tried my friend, and that didn't work. I tried my spouse, and that didn't work. And we go to all these other things to do the only thing that God can do. We go to all these things, and now we end up putting burdens on people that we should never be putting burdens on. And now we're expecting things to carry a weight that God's saying, I'm supposed to be carrying that weight. And now we're expecting our job to produce something for us that it can't. And then we're expecting our spouse to produce something for us that it can't. And then we're expecting our uh, uh, school to produce something that it can't, and a degree on the wall, and a promotion, and a paycheck. All of these things to provide something for us that God's saying, that comes from me. Quit running after all those things for, you know, I mean, the Bible doesn't say anywhere in the Bible that our job is supposed to make us happy. But yet I hear so many people, I'm looking for a new job, I'm just not happy here anymore. Well, it's not supposed to make you happy. It says nowhere in the Bible. You're supposed to be going in there and influencing it, and you end up being more influenced by your job than the influence you're making in the job. We've said this before, you've got to shift your thinking. You've got to shift thinking. Your mentality, you got to shift how God has designed these things to work in our lives. Well, my spouse just isn't making me happy anymore. Go back to the book. It doesn't say that. And God gave Eve to Adam so he could be happy. (laughs) It does not say that. It says that she would be his helpmate and come alongside him. The joy of the Lord comes from him. It comes from God. You can't expect things and people in situations to do what only God can do. So they become distractions. They, they get us to wander off. And Camden, he got distracted that day. There's a lot of distractions in Disney World. He became distracted. And you begin to follow what you give attention to. You cannot give attention to something and not expect your life to go in that direction. It's, not, it's impossible. Your life will follow what you attend to. Over in Proverbs, he says, give ear, get tend to my sayings, give attention to my words, for they are life to you. You've got to give attention to it. I'll tell you right now, this, this little hour, hour and a half window that we have in this place in, in, in an entire week is not enough. If anything, I'm just getting you started. I'm just wetting the appetite a little. But you've got to be in it daily. You've got to say, that that wasn't enough. I've got to be in this thing every day. I've got to give attention to his word every day. Because you will follow what you give attention to. He says that his sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger. Now that's interesting. They will by no means follow a stranger. Now, I know when we think about that, we think, okay, we won't follow the enemy. We won't follow the devil because he's a stranger. But that's not automatic. I think there's a principle here that we need to see. It says, yet they will by no means follow a stranger. He's simply saying that the voice that you are not familiar with, you will not follow. The question that I have is, is God's voice the stranger? In our lives. Maybe we're not following his voice because we're not familiar with his voice. You have to learn to recognize it. It's voice recognition. Right. We have all these devices now that have voice recognition. I mean, you know, who would have known that there would be a day that I would buy a cell phone. And in the setup process, I would have to tell uh, I would have to say hi to Siri three times so she could recognize and learn my voice. But yet this is a natural, Camden knows my voice, he recognizes my voice, and he follows what I say. Because just because I say it doesn't mean it's automatic he's going to do it, un- unless he is familiar and learns to know my voice. Because he could have a complete stranger tell him to do the same thing, and he won't do it, because it's not familiar. I don't know you. See, we, we, we get real caught up on wanting to know God's will. And he's saying... If you would get to know me, you would know my will. If you would develop a relationship with me, if you would get to know my voice, then you would have no problem knowing what I want you to do. But see, we cry out to know what what to do when we don't know him. Paul said, I want to know him and the power of his resurrection. I want to know him, and when I learn to know him, then I'll know what to do. When I get to know him, then I'll know what you follow the voice that's familiar. You follow the voice that you learn to recognize. You follow the voice that you give attention to. He says, yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him. Why? For they do not know. Not because they don't hear. I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to hear strangers' voices. You will hear the voice of a stranger. But if you don't know it, you won't follow it. This is the principle now. He's not talking about hearing. Well, I, I didn't hear God speak. No, he's speaking. You didn't know he was speaking because you don't know his voice. You haven't trained yourself. You have to train yourself to know his voice. You've got to become familiar with his voice. And I'm telling you, the greater the familiarity, the quicker the response. The greater the familiarity, the quicker the response. This year is going to require you to do some things that only God is going to tell you to do. You're not going to find it on Facebook. You're not going to be able to find a blog post about it. You're not going to be able to Google it. There's not going to be any professional that's going to be be able to answer the situation you got yourself into or that came against you. Only God can get you out of it, and you're going to have to hear his voice. Because he's going to tell you to do something when the world said you need to go to the bank, and God's going to say, no, 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 I've got another plan for you. When the world said you need to go to the doctor and get that checked out, God's going to say, no, 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 I've got a plan for you. When, you, when, when, when the world said you need to go confront that person, and, and God's going to say, no, 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 I've got the love of God inside of you. You don't have to deal with it that way. You've got to be able to hear his voice if you want to do it his way. But there's distractions. He says there will be strangers' voices. And you will hear them, but you won't, you you don't follow the voice you hear, you follow the voice you know. But they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. And Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. So Jesus said to them again, most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. And all who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd gives his life for his sheep. I wonder if the voice that you're following is willing to lay their life down for you. I wonder if the voice that you're chasing after is willing to do the same for you. Are they willing to invest back in you? Because Jesus said, I don't want you to just follow me. I came chasing after you. I laid my life down for you. And now you follow me because of what I've given you. And so many times we give ourselves to things that have no intention of giving themselves back to us. And he's saying, look, if if you want to follow a voice, make sure that they're willing to do something for you. Make sure they're willing to invest in you. Make sure they're willing to pour the same that they're then demanding of you, that they're willing to pour that back into you. And that's what, the, that's what the shepherd did. That's what the good shepherd did. A hireling, he's not the shepherd. He does not own the sheep. He sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. See, he's saying that there will be distractions that will come into your life. How do you know if it's a hireling? When trouble shows up, they'll be gone. Now, see, we use this in in pastoral ministry because there are pastors and then there's hirelings. There are hirelings. Just because they say they pastor a church and just because they have a a, a pastor in front of their, their name, they have a title and they call themselves a pastor, doesn't make them a pastor. You want to know if they're a hireling or not? Watch what happens when the challenges come. Because the Bible tells us that a a hireling, he's only uh, uh, interested in self-ambition, self motive And so when it no longer gratifies himself, when it no longer causes him to move forward, he's gone. You want to know a real pastor? You want to know a real leader? Watch how they respond to challenge. Watch how they respond to trials. Watch how they respond when tested. And challenges come and they face them head on and they stay in front of the people, not behind the people, and letting the people take all the brunt of the issue. But even in our life, even in our life, are we following after things that are going to be gone when trials and troubles hit? A real friend. A real relationship that's going to be able to, to stick around even in the midst of trial. Sometimes there's, there's people that want to leech on you because everything is going good. But then when things start to show challenges and trials start to come, they're gone. You can't find them. You Facebook message them and they don't respond. Come on, this is real life. God is saying, Jesus is showing us that that there are going to be opportunities where you're going to need to hear my voice and you're going to need to know my voice. And if you're chasing after everything else, you'll never become familiar with mine. Verse 14, he says, I am the good shepherd. Look at this. And I know my sheep and am known by my own. In the Amplified, it says this, I am the good shepherd and I know without any doubt those who, are on my, those who are my own and my own know me, watch this, and have a deep personal relationship with me. That's what the Bible says. I am the good shepherd and I know without any doubt those who are my own. He knows who belong to him. He knows who's his. And my own know me and have a deep personal relationship With me, This is the knowing. This is the knowing. Following Jesus begins with knowing him. Begins with knowing him. I mean, we all want to say we follow Jesus. All of us want to say that that we want to follow what, you know, God, just show me your will. God, just show me your plan. And he's saying, just get to know me and that'll become a byproduct. Just get to know me and you'll recognize when I'm speaking. Get to know me. Have a deep, personal relationship with him. Uh, Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. Just being practical today. Just being simple and straightforward. Not making it real deep. Because this year there's going to be some things that come up that we're going to need to know his voice. We're going to need to know it's him. God, is, is this God, I just, is this opportunity God? You know, I've, I've found in my life that many times he speaks and he directs and it's contrary to what the natural would say. There's been times when God has told me to go when I should have stayed. When it looked like I should have stayed. And there's been times where God told me to stay when it looked like I should go. I mean, in following God's will in my life. And his purpose for my life, I mean, he took me down paths that I never thought he would take me. Yesterday we had vision partnership. We had about 16 people there. Incredible, amazing to see the connection, the growth, the advancement of God's kingdom and what he's doing in this work. And so I got to share with them a little bit about how God took me down a path that I never thought I would go called children's ministry. (laughs) Working with kids. See, that, that's, that's why you got to know his voice, because just just because people ask you to do something or just because people say you should do this doesn't mean it's God and doesn't mean that's his plan and his purpose. And then on top of that, we'll write off or we'll we'll check off all the things that we won't do. You know, they told us in Bible school, whatever, where, whatever you say you won't do and wherever you say you won't go, you can expect God to pick on that and sure did. If it were up to me, I would, be, I would have been pastoring 10 years ago in Texas. But it's amazing when you get in God's will, and it's amazing when you get in God's plan. and It's amazing. See, God's provision follows God's purpose. And Many of us are ending up in our will, and we're finding ourselves depleted because God can't provide where you're not supposed to be. There was a time where Elijah, he was commanded to go by the brook and the water from the brook would would sustain him and that ravens would come and bring him a meal. But then there was a day where the ravens quit coming and the brook dried up and he said, now you need to go to a widow woman. Why are you going to send me to a widow woman in the middle of a famine? Someone that's, I mean, you walk up on the lady and she's collecting the last meal and she's ready to die, her and her son. And you're thinking, God, this is where you're sending me. That's when you learn to hear his voice. In the natural, this is the worst place to be. I should have stayed by the brook. I had birds feeding me. I mean, how does it get any better than that? But you got to follow the voice of the Spirit. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who, what, does the will of my Father in heaven. Not everyone who says to me, see, the your recognition of Jesus is not determined by what you call him or how you see him. It's determined by how you know him. And he says that if you know me, then you'll do what I say. You'll do the will of my father. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, watch this. Have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name? I mean, that sounds like. Pretty spiritual people to me. We've prophesied. We've cast out demons. We've done many signs and wonders. Surely I know Jesus. Surely I'm following God. Surely I must be in his will. But look what he has to say. He says in verse 23, And then I will declare to them, I never what? Knew you. Knew you. That's the same word knew that deep personal relationship in fact that's the same word that the bible uses to describe the intimate relationship between a husband and a wife they knew each other jesus is saying if you're going to do what i want you to do you're going to have to get to know me i never knew you depart from me you who practice lawlessness but then he makes a connection Then he makes a connection between knowing and doing. And in verse 24 he says, Therefore whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. And it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. He says those that hear and do. If you're going to follow Jesus this year if you're going to follow God if you're going to follow his plan and follow his purpose for your life and remain in step with what he wants you to do it's going to require you to hear and then you are going to have to do but you will only do the the words that you hear from the voice that you know I said you will only do the words that you hear from the voice that you know so you have to get to know the voice And then you hear his words and then you do what he says. You cannot remove knowing from hearing. You cannot remove knowing from hearing. If some stranger were to walk up to my son and say, hey, uh, come with me, I got something for you. He's not going to do it because he doesn't know him just because they give a command. And just because they give a directive, and just because they even act like they have a reward for him, he's not going to follow that. It's the voice of a stranger they will not follow. He will only follow the voice that he knows. And then he will hear what they say, and then he will do what they say. Amen. So it's the same for us. Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them. Verse 26 says, but everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them. So we have to do what we hear. He will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain descended. The floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and great was its fall. Just as Chuck just said, trials will come. Notice both houses received the trial. Both houses received wind. Both houses had the hurricane come beat against their house. One stood and one fell. If you're going to remain standing this year, you're going to have to know his voice. You're going to have to hear his voice and you're going to have to follow and do what his voice says. It's a very simple process, very simple application. But you have to make yourself familiar with your God. This is why, you know, a a, a lot of people, a lot of churches, we've done it in the past ourselves, will start the year out in a fast. And a fasting is not a, fast is not a diet plan. It's not a weight loss scheme. Fasting is shutting down your body and shutting down your senses to become familiar with him. It's, 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 see, when, when you limit the response of your flesh, you allow yourself to be able to hear his voice better and to get to know his voice see, many of us, we have so many things screaming at us, vying for our time and vying for our attention, that God has no access. And I'm going to tell you right now, God is not going to scream over all the junk. He's not going to do it. He's not going to holler over all the mess that we, that we allow to cloud our senses and cloud our hearing. He's going to say, you're going to have to shut all that down to let me in. You're going to have to turn off... Uh, uh, I, I don't even know whatever shows are on that everybody likes to watch. I don't even know. Yeah, you're gonna have to shut off the news. You can't you can't sit yourself in front of the news and wonder why you're not why you're always anxious. <laughs> Look at what's going in, and it will show you what's coming out. We've talked about this. I don't know. I'm just always concerned, always anxious. Always. You, you, it says the mind that is stayed on him, he will at peace. I will keep in perfect peace the mind that is stayed on me. Well, if you don't keep your mind stayed on him, you can't expect perfect peace. You got your mind stayed on CNN. And you got your mind stayed on Facebook. And you got your mind stayed on, on chasing this and chasing that. And God's saying, "I'm." And you know, the thing is, is he's standing right there waiting the whole time. The whole time. I, I, I've heard songs you know worship songs are important but we we have gotten into a culture and we we've we we've, we've gotten into this thing now where we're more interested in how it sounds than what the words are that we're actually singing and and so I you know it's hard for me to listen to a new christian album or a new worship album because there, so many times we're singing stuff that's not even in the Bible, it's not even in the Word of God, and we're declaring things over our lives and we don't even realize it. And we're we're singing, oh, it's, it's on the radio, man. They play it all the time. This is powerful song, man. It just sounds so good. I mean, it, it just gets me going, man. I just start crying and, and da, da 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 da, and and they reel you in with that stuff. And then if you look at the words, I was listening to a song the other day, and and it said that. Something about God will, God, God's love will, will never let you go or God's love will, will, I don't know, something about holding you in and, you know, it'll never let you wander off. And I'm like, what? He'll let you wander off, man. Wouldn't we love it if we had a God that said, no, 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 you can't go after that. Not going to let you. Can't do it. Not going to let you chase your desires and let you chase all the things you want. No, you can't do it. Stay with me. Force my love on you. I have to love you. Doesn't work that way. You can wander away. But he'll always be where he was. He'll always be. But you have to keep him there. You have to be, take the initiative. He's right there waiting for you. It says, but everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them. Let, th- let this be a year. Let this be a year that we know him, we hear him, and we follow him. We know him, we hear him, and we follow him. Last verse, 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. I'm excited about this year, and I hope you are too. And I hope that these last several messages have given you a jump start, a quick start. We've we've been in the gym a little bit, so to speak. And um, let this be a year of consistency. Let this be a year that we continue in. We continue in where we started. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. I was listening to a minister one time. He was given a, uh, uh, whatever you call that, when, when people graduate and he was speaking to them. Is there a word for that, guys? Graduation. Commencement speech. Okay, that's what works. I like that commencement speech, and he was telling these graduates that the, the grass at the starting line is more worn than the grass at the finish line. That means more people start than finish. But I want this to be a year that we all finish and we continue in what we started in. Amen. We can start, but can we stay? And in and, 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 and John chapter 15, Jesus says, abide in me and my words abide in you. Abide means you live there. You stay there. It's it, it's not infrequent. It's not every now and then. It's not inconsistent. You abide. I could tell you right now, there's places that I have frequented and there are places that I have that I abide in. I abide in my house. I live there and it's familiar to me. Uh, you know. You see those churches that have those really cool slogans. I Wish I could come up with slogans like some of those church signs do. But one of them said, uh, "God, God wants parental rights, not weekend visitations, or something like that." Amen. Didn't that just touch you? I, I you drive by, and I'm like, man, why did I? Couldn't I come up with that? I, we're gonna get a church sign. And we're gonna. And if you come up with cool slogans, we're just gonna. We have a contest. Who's got the greatest? Church slogan. And no repeats. Don't go Google it. Let's get, up, let's get some good ones. But he wants to abide with you. He wants to live with you. He wants to be with you. Not just on Sundays. Not just whenever everything's going good. Come to church when you've been up all night sucking water up off your bathroom floor. This is where you need to be. This is the house of God. Don't let this be something we skip out on or, or other things take priority. Are the things uh, uh, are more important than being in His house? Amen. In First John chapter two, verse one, he says, "Therefore I exert, exhort." Oh, that's Timothy. I didn't make it all the way there. I got to talking and stopped halfway. First John chapter two. My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we, may, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And, and sin, by the way, is just simply disobedience to the king. It's just disobedience to the word of God. That's all. It means that he gave a directive, he gave a command, he gave a word, and we did the opposite. We didn't follow the command. But he says that we have an advocate. Uh, With the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous, and he himself is the propitiation for our sins, not for ours only, but also for the whole world. Now, by this, we know that we know him. How many of you want to know that you know? I want to know that I know. I want to know that I know that I know him. How do I know? If we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments, he is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. He who says he abides, there it is, abides in him, ought himself also to walk just as he walked. If you want to follow God this year, you have to become familiar with. With his voice. You want to follow his plan. You want to follow his purpose. Some of you have already, may have already been crying out this year, these first several weeks and saying, God, whatever you, it is for, that you have for me, I want to do it. I want to follow you wherever I'm supposed to go. I want to say whatever I'm supposed to say. I want to do whatever it is that you have for me to do. And if you want to do that, you have to know his voice. You have to follow his voice. Hear it. And then you will do it. Worship team, if you'd come. I want this to be a year of consecration. I want this to be a year. And look, we said it before. He's not going to shout over all the stuff that we have allowed to accumulate our lives and accumulate our minds. It's up to us to shut that down. A fast might be in order. A fast might be needed. An actual food fast. Not fast food, but food fast. Get that right. Pastor Mark said to go to fast food every day. Nope, didn't say that. I'm going to tell you, every opportunity that we make to shut down the flesh allows our spirit to rise up. I want you to know that you have the Holy Spirit with you this year. Can we say that in church still? Can we tell people that the Holy Spirit, can we do that? The church has created more of a tolerance for the Holy Spirit than a dependence on the Holy Spirit. We tolerate Him and we let Him talk every now and then. and we, 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 we want to create areas and space that He can move in. And He wants to be the space that He moves in. But let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit was given to you to lead you and to guide you into all truth. in in a world full of lies... In a world full of confusion, in a world full of, of chaos, the Holy Spirit comes in and He says, this is what you're supposed to do. This is what you're supposed to say. This is what it's supposed to look. And when we don't rely on, see, the people in the Bible, they depended on the Holy Spirit. David said, let not your spirit depart from me. He said, if I'm even in the, the bottom pit of hell, I know that your spirit is with me. You've got to rely on the Holy Spirit this year. You've got to rely on His ability to give you direction and to show you what the truth is in the middle of all the junk. You've got to rely on the Holy Spirit and follow His voice and obey His voice. He is the Spirit of truth. You know, I tell people all the time, if you're in a situation and you don't know what to do, talk to the Holy Spirit. Because He's already been there. The Holy Spirit's already been in your future. He knows what you're going to do this year. He knows what this year looks like for you. He knows what God intends for you to do this year. Talk to Him. I mean, we approach people in our lives for answers, and you can talk to ten different people and get ten different answers. You'll be more confused when you come out of it than you were when you went into it. But the Holy Spirit knows. And He cares. I said, He cares. He cares where you go to school this year. He cares what job you work this year. He cares about your kids. He cares about your marriage. He cares about your life. And Jesus said, it's advantageous to you that I go be with the Father. Because then I can send the Spirit of God. I can send the Holy Spirit to come be in you. And He will dwell with you. He said that He will abide with you forever. The Holy Spirit doesn't just show up when it's convenient. The Holy Spirit will be with you through it all. And He'll be speaking, prompting on the inside, saying, do this. Go here. Say that. We've got to be sensitive to that. Amen. Father, we want to be sensitive.